0: Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Again, I just want to thank you all for this time. I thank you for the invitation. Thank you for last week. You were such a blessing to me. Um, And please know that even as we uh, walk through these four weeks together, it's not a one way thing. God is giving to all of us. He's changing all of us. Um, I am in no way an expert. at all, but I, I thank you for even last week your patience and um, allowing me to share some of my journey. Um, and yeah. it's been a journey, uh, but I wouldn't <laughs> trade any part of it Amen. for the world. I wouldn't trade it. But I thank you all for just the patience of, of last week. I felt like God wanted me to share a part of my journey, um, mm. one to help you all understand who it is that is engaging with you and talking to you and. Um, mm in no way at all do I want you to have the uh, false notion that I'm perfect or that I'm like, all. You know, God's still working on me. And every day I'm so thankful um, that he doesn't give up and that there's always more. So I thank you all for your patience in um, last week and for the joy of just sharing with you. I'm thankful for the blessing of technology that we get to share in this way and um, yeah. again, I thank my spiritual son and daughter, yeah. pastors Felix and Katani, thank you all so much for the invitation. Family of RCF, I thank you all again yeah. for allowing me into your heart and opening your spirits to me. That's I it. was blessed That's last it. week. It's like um, to be in an atmosphere where there's not resistance or not like, mm. you know, okay, you gotta fight through um, anything. That is, I don't take that for granted. And so yeah. I thank you all because Last week, and I feel the same thing today from your spirits. There's such an openness, and yeah. um, and and I thank you for receiving me. I don't take lightly for the opportunity to get to share um, with God's children and with our family. We are family, mm-hmm. and so last week, um, most of you were on. Last week, we got a couple today joining us, and I'm so thankful for that. And I can sense. I know people have had long days, and uh, you know, it's been <laughs> a challenging week. We're in a t- challenging season with this COVID. Um, and sometimes I'll say, my goodness, this is a rough, rough time. Um, you know, but God,
1: yeah. But, um, yeah,
0: because God is still God. God is still yeah. over the pandemic. He's bigger than it, stronger than it, greater than it, and is doing something wonderful in and through his people um, in the midst of this, quote unquote, shut in season. Yeah. So today, I just felt like I'm um, one just to recap. we When we talked about last week that. For all of us, wherever we are in Christ, we're in you know different places. We may be at different stages, but wherever we are, there's more for right. each one of us. There's more. There's a higher place. There's always another place God is seeking to take us to. And there's an open invitation for all of us, myself mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, one of the scriptures I referred to was Acts 17, 30, And it was dealing with where Paul, you know, was talking to the people in Athens and he was making the point that um, this season had come where God was saying the way we had been dealing with him or approaching him, um, he was seeking to transform our minds. And so the word Paul used there was repent, you know, God is saying to repent. And I was making the point that repent in its truest definition means simply to think differently. it's like i used to think it was okay to just ignore god um but now i don't i know better i've thought you know my mindset has been changed and so when god comes and says to us to repent religion would make that a negative thing like you need to feel horrible and cry Mm -hmm. and scream and you know lay at the altar and tarry Mm -hmm. and all of that but in relationship the truth is that god is simply saying to repent, that he wants us to think differently. And anytime he says, think differently, it's because he's offering us something better than what we know. know. He's always offering us something (laughs) better. And so where I used to, when I was in the grip of just being religious, I used to hear repent and feel bad. Now I hear it and get excited Mm. because I recognize God is offering me something that is going to require me thinking differently to even see. And to embrace the thing that he's offering. So, what I believe for all of us is that God is offering us something better, greater, not that where we were were was bad, but um, there's more, as I said, and he's taking us higher. And so, in that scripture, Paul simply says, you know, to repent. Um, And it's the same message Jesus preached, the same message John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus, preached this message of repentance because there's something available now that wasn't available before. Mm. And so for each one of us, um, if you're writing, write that scripture down. It's Acts 17. It's the, you know, from verse one. But I was referring to verse 30, Acts 17, chapter 17, verse 30. And God says, "Okay, so repent, repent. And. This issue of repentance and this issue of changing and being changed, it's what happens in these encounters with God. And so even though each one of us serve as a worship leader and we come together and we lead others into worship, the, the primary place, the beginning place of where I can take someone else to has everything to do with my private personal place with God. And so that's why I'm tending in these weeks to talk more personal than I am as a group. Because if each one of us personally have this one-on-one intimate relationship with God, whatever that relationship is, it shows up when we're together. It shows up when we're together. And so this issue of um, being in God's presence and God just calling for us to repent and then to surrender ourselves to him God's presence in terms of the changes that I have experienced in my life, the greatest changes have happened in his presence and just been in his presence in that one-on-one kind of place and whatever flows out of me when I'm leading corporate worship, it is flowing simply out of that place of that private personal worship. And so that private personal worship, we're gonna talk more about that today. It is so critical and so important. And all of us have that relationship. As I said, when I started, different levels, different stages, but we're all in that relationship and all in this process of growing and knowing him better and getting to be more like him. The greatest changes happen in his presence. So Romans 12, one and two, and we talked about that before. Um, does anybody have a Bible with them handy? Okay. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I've got one right here, Um, but I would like for somebody to read that. Romans 12, 1, 2. I tend to use the King James Version most of the time, but whatever version you have is um, fine. Romans 12, 1, 2. Would somebody read that? I have it. Okay, would you read it? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Is it, You said Romans 12, right? Yeah, Romans 12. Okay, am I doing 12? it right? Okay. Verses 1 and 2. You did yep. good. You okay. start again. That's good. Okay, sorry. I beseech there, you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God,
1: which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God.
0: Okay. All right. I just believe God was saying to start right there today. Thank you for reading that. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It says in that first verse that because of God's mercies and view of God's mercies and all of us can say, raise your hand. If you know God has been merciful towards you, if you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In view of God's mercies, when we see how merciful that he has been towards us it says that we ought to present what our bodies yeah present ourselves present our bodies yeah present ourselves as a living sacrifice unto god um a couple things with that when you one present yourself as a living sacrifice if you remember when sacrifices were made in the old testament sacrifices would be laid on the altar but they would have to be killed yeah so i'm presenting a living sacrifice understanding that death is going to occur Mm. i'm presenting myself my body Mm. me Mm. as i know myself to be i'm presenting myself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. And it says, this is your reasonable service. Some translations say, this is your reasonable worship. It's as good as God has been to us, as much as he has showered his mercy and his grace and blessings and goodness and favor upon us and protection and just how awesome he has been towards us. It says that the very least we can do is to present ourselves to him, to offer ourselves to him as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. And then verse two says that we shouldn't be conformed, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. And that transformed actually in the Greek is the word metamorpho, it comes, our word is metamorphosis, Yeah, metamorphosis. So it's saying that we ought to, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be metamorphosized, go through this metamorphosis, this change, that we ought to be metamorphosized. And it says by the renewing of our mind, the word transform means metamorphosis. The word renewing means renovation. Mm. It's a renovation. And Mm. so if you think of renovating your home, you don't do everything all at the same time. renovation is a process it's piece by piece stage by stage you may do room by room well that's how god works with us it is a renovation it's not that he fixes everything in one day at the same time but there is always a god-ordained starting place and it's Mm -hmm. god saying okay for this point in your journey for where you are right now this is where i want to start And it's a principle we see throughout the entire Bible. We see in Genesis, you know, in the beginnings um, and it is the beginnings, but in the beginning, we see that God made this place called Eden. And even in Eden, he had a God-ordained starting place, which was he made a garden, he put a garden in Eden. But even when we look at God's process, God could have created the world in a blink of an eye, he could have finished it all in a blink of an eye, but he took this six day process knowing, okay, I got some more work to do. And then on the seventh day, he rested and each day he knew exactly what he was going to do. And even though on day one, man hadn't yet been created, the beast hadn't been created. He still ended day one with saying, this is good. This is good. good." And so that's a part of what we've got to learn to do, even though we're not completely done with the process, whatever God has changed, we got to stop and say, this is good. We got to be able to celebrate day one, knowing that there's still some more God's got to do on day two. And so um, for, for God, where he said, okay, let's start with day one, let there be light let there be light. And it's so important to recognize God knows where to start. He knows what needs to change. I'm um, always joking, say, if it was our minds, we would have probably started with, okay, let's make some trees or let's make some animals because we need some food, we want to eat, you know, and we'd be running around in the dark because it wouldn't be light first. So it says, God first said, let there be light. And then in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six, I believe, it says that God did the same exact thing inside of our hearts, that he shined his light. He had a a starting place. He wanted to get hold of you. He wanted to get hold of me. And he had a starting place. So he started with shining light in our hearts. And then he, as we continue to live, as we continue to grow, God continues this process of changing us and um, uh, transforming us. But remember, it is a metamorphosis, like a butterfly goes through a metamorphosis. It's a metamorphosis and it's through renovation. And so God wants for each one of us on this call, he wants between now and the time we go to bed tonight, he wants to identify where he's starting with us in this new place. Cause we talked about, you know, being higher, going to a higher octave um, and we're going to a higher place. And today is the second time we're together, and I thank God for that. And so this day, God wants to identify for each one of us in this new place we're in, because we we're not at the same place we were at last week, and we have been praying every day, God, I want your kingdom to come, and I want your will to be done in me. That was the assignment from last week. Every day, God, I want your kingdom to come, I want your will to be done in me, in earth, just like it's being done in heaven. And there's no way you can surrender to God, invite him in, spend time in his presence and remain the same. And so God says, okay, you're at a new place now. Now I wanna take you through this process, through this place. And he would like to identify for each one of us what the starting place is. What is he starting with in me? What is he starting with in you? What is it that he's seeking to change in us? And I do believe that for God, For each one of us, it has something to do with the way we are thinking, the way we are perceiving, the way we're seeing things, the way we're seeing life, the way we're seeing worship, the way we're seeing being a worship leader, that there's something that God wants to transform in our thinking in our minds. And it's a metamorphosis, it's through a renovation. So I'm asking everybody, including myself today, to just open and avail ourselves to God and ask him, Father God, where is it that you desire to start in me? And I'm giving you a yes in advance. I'm giving you a yes in advance. When we were babies, we would have to, and I'm saying babies in Christ more when we were immature. God would say, okay, this is what I wanna do. And then you give him a yes or no, or maybe or whatever. When you mature, God says, give me the yes in advance. Give me the yes first. Simply because I have history with you. I have a track record. I have proven myself. You know, I love you. You know, I got you. You know, I'm working things for your good. You know, you can trust me. So God says, based on that in view of his mercies, give him a fresh yes. And let's just present ourselves living sacrifices, recognizing there's something that God is going to kill in me. It's not a physical death, but there's a part of what I have become. There's a part of the way I think that is not in, in alignment with the way God thinks. And God says, let me begin to address that place inside of you. And it says that then we can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'll know what is God, what is not God. I'll I'll know what is of God, what is not of God. I'll have better discernment, better clarity, better understanding of life and how to live this life if I am able to present myself in this new dimension, give him a fresh, Yes, and repent, which is think differently. And so there's a part of it that is my responsibility. There's a part of it that is totally God's responsibility. What I need to do, what God is inviting all of us to do, is to present ourselves in a new way, in a new place, in this new dimension that we present ourselves. When we present ourselves, think about going before um, uh, an earthly king. And because we're in a democracy, you know, we don't necessarily have that experience of uh, a kingdom or a queen or going to visit royalty. But imagine that you're invited into the presence of the king and you go in and just start telling them what's on your mind. There is a protocol, there is a way to approach royalty, there is a way to approach a king. So when God says, present yourself, present yourself, he's literally meaning that, present yourself. And there's a time and a place for everything. And so, you know, there's a time to, to pray and, and, and make your request known unto God. It's like when Philippians talks about, you know, let your requests be made known to God and with thanksgiving and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. We're told to, you know, to pray, um, to to ask, to seek, to knock. All of those things are in order, but just like Solomon said, there's a time for everything. So there really is a time where it's just me presenting myself. And this, if you haven't ever done it, and even if you have done it, you can attest, it's it's an odd thing, like. Okay, my mind being silent and let me just present myself to God. Let me not tell him what I need because he already knows in this moment. And again, there's a time for everything. There is a time to say what's on your mind, but then there's a time to simply just present yourself. And I'm, I'm believing that what God is wanting us to practice this week is presenting ourselves. When I'm saying that because God understands everything about us he knows how busy our minds are. He knows that as soon as you try to quiet yourself, you're going to think, oh, I forgot to call this, or I'm going to, you know, I forgot to do this, or I forgot to do that. Oh, And so God is not saying to spend an hour still before him, not to us in this, on this phone call. God is saying there's a starting place. Just start there. You can start literally with a minute. When I first started practicing, presenting myself, I needed God to help me because I didn't even know how. And I kept trying, you know, My every time I would try, it's like some thought would come to my mind in terms of what I had to do, my schedule, the phone ring. I mean, it was just, it was hard and condemnation tried to get hold of me. And so I asked God, I said, God, you have to help me. And I just heard a still small voice saying, just focus on me, just focus, focus on my character. And when I started trying to do that, it's like automatically I started focusing on what he's done for me and thanking him for what he's done for me. And again, there's a time and a place for everything, but that wasn't what God wanted to accomplish in our time together in that moment. And he said, Lisa, just concentrate, focus on me. And my I couldn't take me out of it. Everything had to do with me and him. And he was like, take you out of it. And I'm like, thank you for not giving up on me. or thank you for protecting me. Thank you. And what I found was that I couldn't get me out of it. My mind, just being focused on him was not trained and disciplined in that way. So everything was what he's done for me. and. I did that for days, and I would just end up frustrated, and finally, I said, God, I don't know how, and he said, I'm glad you asked, so what I began to understand is a lot of things that God will call us to do, he understands that we need his help, sometimes we don't understand that we need his help, so sometimes we go about trying to accomplish what God is asking for, not recognizing that I need to stop first and say, God, this is a new place, this is a new dimension, this is a new way. I don't know this way, but you know. And so Father God, I'm asking you to teach me, to teach me. And that's a place of humility, a place where you have to humble yourself and say, God, I don't know, I've been leading worship for years and I don't know how to steal my mind for one minute and just focus on you. And when I felt bad about it, I felt God smiling. I felt bad at the revelation. God was smiling because he said, you finally got to a place where you're acknowledging that you don't know, you're asking for my help, you're seeking my help. And God says, remember worship is spirit and what? Truth. So the truth was, I can leave worship in front of a bunch of people and just, you know, flow all of that. But my mind being still before God for one minute, I ain't out how to do. I did not even know. And so I felt heaven rejoicing because he said, I can meet you at the place of truth. I will meet you at the place of truth. I will meet you at the place of honesty. And so when this lesson of presenting myself began, that's how it began. Like, let me just present myself to God. And so finally I was like, okay, God, I don't know. And you're glad that I'm asking. So help me, help me, help me present myself. And he just said, faithful. And that's all he said. And I was like, faithful. And what he was giving me was one of his attributes to focus on, his faithfulness, his faithfulness. And he began to remind me of the principle that you become what you see. So whatever you focus on, and if it's you're focusing on that aspect of God, he is also producing the same thing in you. And so when he said to me, just focus on my faithfulness, that's the only word I heard, faithful, faithfulness. I was like, okay. And so my mind, again, started getting busy thinking, you know, for about maybe a split second, I was thinking of how faithful God is. And I had taken it out. I had taken me out of the mix. It wasn't how faithful he is to me. It was simply, he's faithful. He's faithful. And as soon as I thought that for a couple minutes, then my mind went somewhere else. And so I had to learn to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to steal my mind instead of me trying to battle my own mind. And God began to teach me there's got to be a place for all of us all of us are adults, so whether it's the men on this phone call, the women on this phone call, there's got to be a place for all of us where we don't work, where we're not laboring, where we are resting, and where we are vulnerable to our Creator, and where we're just surrendered. And so God says, I do believe that the the main point of today and this session, so to speak, is this issue of presenting ourselves and God teaching us in a new way, in a new place, how to present ourselves. It's his starting point that we would learn to present ourselves in this place that I'm talking about. And, you know, I believe it's even when in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, um, that there's a place that God has prepared for each one of us And when God gave me the revelation, he gave me just the imagery of a father having prepared resting places for every single one of his children. And that every day he will go and check that place and say, "Okay, is Sherry there? Is Lisa there? Is Katani there? Is, you know, who like he would, because he prepared, he went to prepare a place, it's a resting place for each thing, for every one of us, for each one of us. There's a place prepared for us to come and rest and to present ourselves. And he gave me the imagery of just the king, who was the father, just walking and looking around at these places, at each bed, at each resting spot that he had prepared. And some of his kids just hadn't shown up in years. Some hadn't shown up in months. And they were in the earth toiling, trying to make things happen. And he was saying, if they had only come to the place that I prepared for them, this is the place where I change them. This is the place, once they present themselves, where they can rest. And he said to me, Lisa, things you've been trying to change about yourself for years and you haven't been able to change, if you will just commit to daily presenting yourself coming to this place that I have prepared for you, consecrating a place and a time where you're just presenting yourself to me. He said, I will make changes in you in moments. In a moment, I will make a change in you that you haven't been able to produce within yourself for years. It'll take me a moment, just present yourself. And so I started doing it and I'm talking now years ago and I just started every day. And some days I miss it. Some days I, I neglect it. Sometimes I, Some days I don't. Um, but the desire is that every day I would present myself to God. And I'm talking, it could be two minutes. I started literally with 15 seconds because my mind couldn't be still for that long. And I finally asked the Holy Spirit to help me. And I remember celebrating when it was like 15 seconds with my mind totally on him. It's like whoa yeah 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 and so it has increased over time it has increased but that starting place I can't tell you the value of it I cannot tell you um what is gained in that moment, what he changes in that moment and it's not like you always most of the time I don't feel it in the moment but what I know is it is impossible for me to present myself to my father surrender, with my focus on him, let him do what he wants to do. It's impossible for me to do that and remain the same. He has changed something. Every time I do it, he has changed something. And it could be next week when I'm talking and I would go to say something that I had no business saying and all of a sudden a different mindset has come forth and different words come forth. It's that in that moment he had changed something that I didn't even know he changed. But I didn't need to fill it in my soul. I knew it in my spirit that there's no way I can spend this time with him and be unchanged. He has changed something. And so for all of us, this presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God and being transformed, being metamorphosized through the renovation of our mind, the way that we think, the starting place for that to happen is in his presence and he's saying I'm making it where everybody can get it all of us can get it that just start with a moment just start with a moment where there's a moment where you're letting him run the moment you're letting him run the moment you're letting him control what happens in that moment it's not us telling him what we want him to do and what we want change it's not even me saying what I want changed because finally when I surrendered okay god what do you want to change it was like number 15 on my list it was his number one thing that's what he wanted to change and you see I didn't, I didn't even recognize that everything else was connected to this one thing that i had as number 15 on my list and he's like lay down your list that is that god i want your kingdom to come my kingdom has to go, I gotta lay out my little list and my way of doing things and I want your will to be done. So I'm surrendering my will in this moment. And if it is one minute, you know, like I said I was excited about the 15 seconds when it got up to one minute where I'm like able to focus on just him and I present myself as I'm presenting myself to royalty, to the creator, to our heavenly father, to the one who loves me and loves me beyond what I can even understand. It's a safe place to present myself. To him who knows everything about me, he knows me better than I know me. And it's in that place he begins to even explain me to me. Like for some of you, you know, you've got tendencies for certain things or certain things you like, certain things you don't like. but your creator can explain you to you, like why you desire certain things, like why you're drawn in a certain direction or like why you don't like certain things. And I'm not talking about food and those kind of things, but I'm saying something deep inside of you, you can tell like when something really bothers you or you can tell when something really excites you and like things that you're drawn to, things that you have desires for or passions for, All of those things, there's purpose for those things. And and God is the best one to explain us to us. The starting place again is in his presence. It's just right there presenting myself to him and whatever he wants to talk about, if he wants to talk, fine. If he wants to speak something, fine. If he wants to adjust something, fine. Because it's a place where I'm not pretending that I know more than I know. I'm not having to work and make something happen. I'm not having to even search my own mind for what I want to happen. It's that I rest in his presence and in that place, he just makes these changes little by little by little. And it is that repenting, it is that he causes me to think different. He causes me to, you know, he, when I'm saying repent, and I said earlier, there's a part that's my responsibility, a part that's his, the part that is my responsibility, I've got to take in his word, you know, it's and, and it's like the word. The scripture says that the word of God is able to divide between my soul and my spirit, you know, but I've got to take in the word. I've got to feed on the word. I've got to think on things that are good and true. And I've got to do particular things to ingest the word or to take it in. But in order for me to be changed in my mind, there's an aspect that is the Holy Spirit's responsibility. If I represent myself, the Holy Spirit will take the word that I've ingested. He will take the time I've spent with God. He will take, um, you know, just, just the things in my life where I've been careful to try to watch what I say or watch what I do or try to act right. All of those things. It still is the Holy Spirit's responsibility and his um ac- he's accountable to produce the change in me that I need made. If I present myself, he'll produce the change. If I present myself, he'll produce the change. And so this season of being shut in, this pandemic, things changing, it's not business as usual. So much has changed. A part of it is God's gracious invitation to invite us to get our priorities straight. And there's one thing that's needful because it impacts every other thing in our lives. And that is our relationship with God. And honestly, God, he, he you know cares about what we do. And I said last week, he cares about every aspect of our lives. That's the truth. He cares about our internal state and he cares about um, blessing us and our quality of life. He cares about all of that. That is literally the truth. But God is a relational God. He's a relational father. He's just not a father that says, do this right and do that right and follow these orders. He wants relationship. He desires intimacy. It excites him. And so when John 4, 23 says God is seeking worshipers, he literally is seeking this intimate love relationship with us. Next week, we'll talk about our formal, quote unquote, definitions of worship Um, and, you know, the, the. Greek, what that means in the Hebrew, what worship actually is. Um, but to sum it all up, it's this intimate love relationship that is ongoing. It's ever growing. It's this intimate love relationship that we have with God. And he, he loves that we're in relationship. There is a difference, and all of you can attest, there is a difference between being related to somebody versus being in relationship with them. I'm sure all of us have family members through the natural bloodline that we are related to. It doesn't mean that we are in relationship with them. You can have a family member you haven't talked to in years, but you're still related. But being in relationship has to do with this active growing intimacy it's just, it's ongoing. It's a relationship. And so God is seeking relationship. He's seeking intimacy. He's seeking um, this, this closeness with us where it's not a church relationship, church, like, okay, you know, my mind is on him when I'm at church. Um, But it's a life relationship. It's that he wants to guide me in how to pay bills that need to be paid. He wants to guide me and, you know, they who to connect with and who to be intimate with versus who to just have as an associate in my life. Um, it, it's like every aspect of life, he desires to guide us by his wisdom, but it does require this intimate relationship knowing, okay, God, these are the issues, you know, that I'm dealing with. And Bishop, my husband, he always makes the point that before a problem ever manifests, God has put the solution in place. But it takes sensitivity in my spirit to tap into the solution that's already in place before I even see the problem, before I even confront a problem, before anything um, troublesome manifests, before it shows up in my life. If something shows up as a problem, God has already put a solution in place. And through intimacy, we learn how to like, I don't have to rack my brain trying to figure out what to do, what to do, what to do. If I continue to present myself and grow in intimacy, the sensitivity to his voice, it increases in just the what to do and uh, what do I do with this? And God, how do I apply your promises? You know, revelation is one thing, and I thank God for revelation. Wisdom gives us application. How do I do, how do I handle these issues that I'm dealing with? How do I deal with my children? How do I, you know, prosper in the midst of a pandemic? All of those things, God desires to give us direction in. God desires to reveal to us what's on his mind. But it requires, again, it requires us presenting ourselves to God so that he can make whatever adjustments need to be made, whatever the blockage is, what is it God that keeps me from hearing from you? Whatever whatever needs to be adjusted on the inside of us. God says, I'm God enough. I was God enough to create you. I'm God enough to change you. I'm God enough to adjust what needs to be adjusted. And I love you just like you are, but I love you so much that I desire to bring forth these changes, this metamorphosis in, in you and, and not all at one time, but this renovation. Okay, so today, this is the thing I'm working on in you. Today, this is the, you know, tomorrow it'll be something else, but it is presenting myself daily, giving him that fresh yes and surrendering in that place and just asking him, God, you know, steal my mind and and teach me how to consecrate, even if it's just one minute to you. Because if he can get hold of me in that one minute, then he can expand his territory in me. But he's got to have a starting place. Like he, you know, his his goal for Adam was, okay, let's start in this garden and do what I'm I'm requiring you to do and follow my direction in this place. And if you will follow my direction in this place, then I'll teach you how to expand the garden until the whole world will look like heaven. It'll be a replica of what's happening in heaven. But I got to get hold of you somewhere. And so when he created that garden he put adam in the garden and he said okay i'm giving you the choice adam do things your way or my way adam chose to do things his way and so the scripture says in genesis 2 7 okay adam became a living soul instead of this breathing uh, living spirit that god had created he became something else but god says okay he knew what was going to happen adam became this living soul in, in order for you to become something, you have had to have been something else first. So he became a soul. But what he was created as is spirit. And we'll talk about that next week. That's a different point. But the truth is God knew that we would all become something other than how he created us to be. And he says, no problem, because just like with Adam, God had already put a solution in place. The same with us. God has already put a solution in place. And so he says, okay, you start here. And how many of you can honestly say, I'll put my hand up first, that there are things about the way you are, things about yourself that you don't necessarily like the way it is? Yeah. That's pretty much all of us. It's not anything to be embarrassed about or to be upset about. God knew it would happen because he said all of us have fallen short of God's glory. So all of us are different than who he created us to be. All of us have become something and when we accept him as our savior, we're back in position now to go through this process to go through this process of becoming who He has created us to be. And so we're all on that road and we're all on the process of becoming more like him, becoming more of the real us, like who we were created to be. And so God says not to feel bad about it. And again, worship the spirit and truth. So never hesitate to be honest with God about uh, where we are. He understands where we are. He understands how we are. God understands that In these human bodies, we can actually get up and sing songs about God and our mind totally not beyond God. If we were God, we would probably respond differently. But in his loving patience and his long-suffering, he understands us. He understands how we became as we are. You know, for some of us, give us a day that's a challenging day, and somebody called himself singing songs in our name, singing about us and their minds not even on us, some of us will respond a little harsh to that. You know what I'm saying? But God's mercy, again, he understands where we are. He understands how we got where we are. Um, He understands that, you know, there is this process that we've got to go through to get back to who he created us to be. Read, um, and I'm sure you've probably read it before, but in Revelations 2, when, when God is writing, um, he's telling John to write these letters to these seven churches. And the first church he starts with is Ephesus. And in Revelations two, in his verses um, one through seven, and he's he's making this point to them. And he says, I see your works. And he gives, you know, this, this explanation about how he's seeing them. But then he says, I got this one thing against you. I got this one issue with you that you left your first love. And he's talking again about this relationship, this intimate love relationship. He's talking about worship. You left your first love. You let other things get in the place of that number one spot. And for some of us, it's us. Some of us, you know, care more about ourselves or what we want or what we think or. We follow our own will. That's when I followed my own will, that's me being in first place. That's me. I've become my first love. You know what I'm saying? So he says, for many of us, he said, you left your first love. And he tells them in that same scripture, repent, repent and do your first works again. And again, let our thinking be transformed as it relates to the word repent. It's not a bad word. God is saying, think different, think different. Think different. You left your first love. This first relationship we had before we were ever put in the earth, we had a love relationship with God. And He says, You know, you left your first love. And I love that um, promise at the end. I think it's in verse seven. And He makes the point to them that, you know, if you repent and if you return and if you put me back in first place and if your relationship with me becomes your number one priority. He says, I'll let you eat again from the tree of life, from the tree of life. And it's that that choice that Adam jacked up in the garden of Eden, um, where Adam could have eaten from the tree of life, but he chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that tree of knowledge of, of good and evil, one of the things it represents is Adam saying, I'm choosing to learn by the knowledge of good and evil. Remember, God made both of the trees and these were the two trees in the midst of the garden, that tree wasn't a bad tree. And on it, it had good and evil. It wasn't just an evil, it had good and evil. And, And Adam said, that's the tree I choose to choose from. I choose to eat from. And a part of what Adam was saying was, I'm choosing to learn lessons through experience, through hard knocks, through, you know, and experience is not a bad teacher, but it takes some time. And by the time you learn the lesson, it could have taken some life out of you. Hair could have fallen out. You got, you know what I mean? Stressed out. We can learn by experience. There's a better way of learning, and it's that tree of life. It is through this intimate relationship with God, because that's that's wisdom. And wisdom says, when you find me, you find life. And so, to eat from the tree of life. It means that every choice I make is producing more life in me internally, internally because I'm being led by the Spirit. And, and so God says when we put him back in first place in that Revelation 2 scripture, when we put him back in first place, God says, I will allow you to eat again from the tree of life. I'll let your decisions be guided by the Spirit and let a, a life come inside of you and be produced inside of you, no matter how old that body gets. God said, the body's going to get old, but I can produce life and make you fresh and green. It's, um, I think it's Psalm 92, maybe verse 14, that says, if you're planted in the house of God, he'll make you fresh and green and you'll still be flourishing and bearing fruit and producing even in your old age. And that's what God's desire is for us. When God is number one, when relationship with him is number one, it's like life, 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 internal, internally. You just, you're excited. You wake up in the morning excited about the day. You wake up every day excited about what God is going to show you that day. You wake up excited, not not dreading it, not drudgery, not like, okay, same old, same old, got to get up, got to go to work, got to, all of that, it's it's actually a sign that something inside of us that was meant to be alive is actually diminishing. It's actually getting stale. But when our focus, when this starting place where God, you know, God says in this new dimension, let's start with making sure that our first love is him, that we are presenting ourselves so that he can change whatever it is that has my priorities out of whack, whatever it is that has kept him from being first place in my life, whatever it is that has caused me to give more attention to learning songs than it is presenting myself in his presence, whatever it is, whatever that is, God, I just give you permission to change what needs to be changed, because you know. What needs to be changed, and you know what priorities are out of whack, and you know how um, uh, I, I can act like that I'm in a place with you where it's really not that. You know, I, you know, God, how I can get up and concentrate more on the note that I'm singing than I'm focused on the God that I'm singing to. You know, Father God, those kind of things, and you're not condemning me. That's the blessing. No condemnation in Christ. He just says, present yourself and I'm gonna work with you right where you are, I'm gonna meet you right where you are. So every day this week, let's start with tonight, just take a moment. And I mean, God's issue is not the quantity, the length of the time, his issue is the quality. His issue is that we present, that, that we have, if it's just a minute, one minute out of 24 hours, where well, I can consecrate this one minute to God. One minute. God says I'll meet you there and I'll get a hold of you there and if I can get a hold of you if you can respect me in this one minute where you put me above yourself where you put me above the cares of the the issues that you're dealing with and the cares of the day where where and you're not even coming asking in this one minute if you just give me this one consecrated minute God says, I'm going to get hold of you in a way that I haven't had a hold of you since you've been in the earth. I'm going to get hold of you in a way that I had a hold of you when you were home with me in heaven. And he said, I'm going to take that that moment and that invitation and I'll increase it. But I got to start somewhere. Let's start with a minute. If I can start with this minute where it's a Gethsemane moment, It's, it's Jesus saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. Your will. It's the, 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 the prayer we've prayed for this past week. God, I want your kingdom, your will to be done. If it can happen in that minute, that in this minute, God, I don't have an agenda other than to present myself. I don't have an agenda because what I want is your agenda. What I want is your will. Whatever you want to happen in this minute, God, here I am. Here I am. And when the thoughts come, and they will, of Okay, what else do I need to do? What else? All of those thoughts. Don't work. Don't fight with your mind to try to make your mind focus. Simply put the onus on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you do the work. Here I am. And when the thought comes, here I am. And when the thought comes, here I am. And if it's just a minute and the thought's going to come, here I am. And you are just asking god to control that minute so that's his kingdom coming it might just be for a minute but it's his kingdom it's his will being done it might just be for a minute but it's his will instead of mine and it as i learn how to do that i'm telling you it may have been i don't know 15 years ago or so when that the thing i told you about earlier when i first started presenting myself it may have been that long ago but the moments have increased god's territory in me has increased he controls more of my life now than he ever did there's still a whole lot more he's got to do but remember it's a renovation it's a renovation it's not all at one time it's, it's a process but it's st- it had to be there if if i can consecrate one minute unto god and sanctify that moment unto God, he says, now i got a hold of you learning how to do my will instead of your own. And if I can get hold of you right there, God says, I'll begin to expand that territory. And you'll find that in conversations, instead of saying what you wanna say, you'll say what God wants you to say. Instead of doing your own thing, you'll start doing what God wants you to do, but it's, he just needs that starting place, but he'll expand it. You'll find yourself, okay, um, you won't be like this woman. This is a situation I was thinking about earlier today. My, my husband, when he was a pastor in the church that um, was was more steeped in religion, God got a hold of him in the same way that I'm talking to you. Now, my husband will tell you he had been preaching for years. He knew how to preach, he could preach, he had scripture, he was quoting the Bible, all that kind of stuff. But this intimate relationship with God, in his own testimony, he talks about he didn't have it. And he was starting to learn this intimate relationship with God. And one of the things he did, which is amazing because it's actually what Pastor Felix and Pastor Katani are doing now. What he did was, you know, the business as usual and the choirs functioning like they did, the Holy Spirit told him to sit everybody down. And so that's what he did. And he met with the choirs and he said, God is telling me to stop our business as usual because he's trying to teach us a new way that has everything to do with relationships. And he said, so the choir is not going to be singing for a month. Everybody sits down. This woman got up. That was a part of the quote unquote gospel chorus. She said, I don't care what God wants. I want to sing. I was like, what? And she meant what she said. She said, I don't care what God wants. I want to sing. Therein is the issue of the wills. God made it clear what he wanted. She made it clear. I don't want that. I want to say, and I don't care what God wants. God's will, wanting what he wants. And and again, there's a difference between want and will. I can want something. Like I can want to stay in the bed and it's time to get up but I will to get up. So want and will are different. I can want something. What I will has to do with decision, the choice that I make. And so you all can know, you may not want to, you know, if your kid has to eat and you want to watch TV, you may not feel like, you know, let me go fix the meal for my kid. But if they need to eat, even though you don't want to, you will to get up and fix your plate. It may be you don't feel like going to work. But, you know, there are some days you might call off, but many days you may not feel like getting up and going out, but you say, you know, you acknowledge I don't want to, but what you choose is to go ahead and do it. That's will, will has to do with what I choose, what I choose, what I choose to do. And so even though I recognize that there are times when God will call me to do something that I don't wanna do, I will to do it. I will. And there are times, I can't say always, you know, there are times that I just do not obey, um, which is not cool. So I don't recommend that. Don't try that at home. But the truth is that what I will to do has to do with my choice. And so when I say I want his will to come, when I say, you know, like Jesus said, I delight to do your will, oh God. Um, Everything is about just, okay, God, I got these issues and all this stuff, but teach me how to choose to do your will. God says, okay, let's start with the minute. Let's start with this minute. In this minute, in this place, will you do what I want you to do or will you insist on doing what you want to do? And if I can get this minute, will you just surrender yourself and let me do what I want to do? Don't tell me what to do because I know more than you. Let me do what I want to do. Don't tell me that, okay, you got to feel goosebumps. If I don't want you to feel goosebumps, is that okay? Are you still going to show up for this minute? Are you still going to present yourself? Okay. can God is saying in this minute, can I just be God? Can I just do what I want to do? Can I teach you how to surrender your will and do my will in this minute? Well, God, let me know what your will is. God says, what if I don't want to let you know what my will is right now? Will you still just, will you just be here? Can you just show up, be quiet, rest, relax, trust me, present yourself and let me do what I know needs to be done in this minute. Can we just start here? And I'm asking everybody to covenant with me that this week, um, this day, today, before we go to bed, that we start at this starting place, that we start with, here I am. Whatever you want, yes, I surrender. I surrender. And remember as you do, don't work when your mind starts going all over the place. Put that on the Holy Spirit responsibility. That's on his list of things to do, you know, that he will direct your mind And honestly, if you feel like after a minute, like, man, I didn't get there. God is saying it is good because you started. It is good because you offered yourself. You presented yourself. And if you present yourself, don't walk away thinking that you failed. In presenting yourself, that is the success. Because that's what God is saying this day that we present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him. That is the least we can do. It's our reasonable worship in view of God's mercies. And he says, I promise I'm going to start doing this transformation, this metamorphosis through this reconstruction and through this renovation. And if you are renovating your whole house and the only thing that got done that one day is that they put in a new faucet. Hey, it's part of the process. It's a starting place. It's a part of the renovation. So whatever happens between now and midnight, God is already saying, well done. He's well pleased. And just that we present ourselves, he's smiling upon that. And so I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna make sure, cause I, I missed yesterday. Uh, But uh, today, again, I'm going to present myself just a minute that is consecrated to God. He's running the minute. He's in control. Whatever he wants to happen, happens. And if you don't feel anything, it's okay, because we're here to bring him pleasure. We're here to present ourselves, and we're here to learn, God, your kingdom and your will and I'm gonna start learning it in this minute. So whatever you want, here you are. Um, So this week on the to-do, if we can add, and I'm not saying replace, but last week, every day it was, we're praying, God, I want your kingdom to come, your will to be done in me as it is in heaven. This week, what we wanna add is that Roman scripture, Romans 12, And it's simply inviting God. It's simply saying, Father, transform me by the renewing of my mind. Change me by the renewing of my mind. And I'm saying the same thing in different ways on purpose. However it hits your spirit, the request and the prayer and the invitation to God is change the way I think. Transform me by the renewing of my mind which means this metamorphosis through renovation. So that's it. All we're adding is this invitation, transform me God by the renewing of my mind, change the way I think. That means the same thing. And I'm just saying it in different ways, but is everybody okay on that point? What we're and clear on what we're asking? Okay, so we're gonna add that. So, you know, and there's a few things that I pray every day and the one is God, I want your kingdom to come and I want your will to be done in me like it's being done in heaven. And the other thing I pray every day, God, transform me by the renewing of my mind, change the way I think. And I'm telling you, even the way you see problems, the, some of the things that you have um, you, you have challenges with right now, some of the people that you have challenges with right now, um, when God changes the way you think, he changes your perspective. So you see things different. You actually see things different and things that used to upset you, cause you to smile and things that used to work your last nerve, you see purpose in it and you get excited about it now. But all of that is the offspring of God transforming the way that we think, him changing the way that we think. It changes our perspective. Um, So we didn't get as far as I thought we were today, but I do believe I sense God just saying that's the place right there that we understand the starting place uh, where he wants to start with us presenting ourselves to get hold of us in a whole new way and it will impact every area of your life. I'm telling you for real, it'll impact, it it impacts relationships, it impacts your finances. It's it's not a church thing, it's a kingdom thing, it's a life thing, it's real, for real, for real. And I'm a witness to that. It changes every area of your life. So if you will covenant with me, um, and I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but I'm asking you to please covenant with me that we're gonna add that. um, And we're gonna continue daily to ask God for his kingdom to come and his will, his will to be done in our lives. And we're going to add, transform me by the renewing of my mind. Another way of saying it is simply God changed the way I think. Okay. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. Next week for real, I do believe we're going to talk about what worship, we're talking about what worship is, but I'm talking about in more of a, um, um, what's the word? A basic definition um, in terms of just, you know, what it means, Old Testament versus New Testament. Um, and talking about the difference, we'll talk about the difference between our spirit versus the soul. And um, I do believe that at the end of this, not only will our personal lives be changed, but when we come together collectively, we're going to come together. And when you all meet um, physically yeah. together again, you're meeting as different people. And so you're going to have to get to know each other all over again. Wow. Wow. Don't take for granted that you know how somebody is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we're believing that through this process, God is going to change us. And so that we're going to be meeting a new and improved, so yeah. to speak, version of who we really are. So we wanna be able to lay down whatever judgments we've had or whatever mm. perspectives and perceptions we've had of one another, uh, give, give God room to change them just like he's changing you. Just give them, give them room, give them space and give them the same grace that God's given you. Because even though you see what's up with you right now, God sees the, the real you. So he sees who you really are and he treats you like you really are. And, and, and so he wants us, you know, that's a part of when Paul says, no, no man, um, after the, the soul, he's saying, know each one by the spirit. I need to know when I see you that God is doing something in you that may not have yet manifest. So I need to be able to give you the same grace that God has given to me. And so when we see each other again next week, we're gonna be different. And it's not gonna be the same on me because I don't plan on staying in the same old place because I don't plan on doing the same old thing. And I do believe that as I present myself, God's gonna make some brand new changes. So I'm looking forward to seeing the new you next week. Yes, as we continue, I'm looking forward to seeing the you that's in process, the you that has gone to another dimension in God. Um, And there's a reason that God has connected all of us for this part of the journey, there's a reason that we're getting to see what God is changing in each one of us. And so with expectation, I'll see the new you next week. Um, the you right now is cool. Yeah, I love you the way you are. And I'm looking forward to seeing the new you next week. And I pray you won't see the new me next week. So what are we doing today? What are we doing? One, we're presenting ourselves.
1: Thanks God, yeah.
0: Even if it's one minute. And then what are we praying?
1: Yeah.
0: Daily? Yeah. Change, change. Or
1: change me. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Change,
1: change, change my, my mind.
0: Change the way Remember. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Transform me by the renewing of my mind. And if it slips your mind, it is uh, Romans 12 2. Yeah. That's the, the point of it, you yeah. know, that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Thank you all again. For your time and for your attention. And I was more prepared in terms of notes and a list. God gave me three things. And it was one thing that he said, okay, right there. And that's what we're going to stay. So we didn't get to two or three. Um, but God said stop at one. And so that was his point for the day. And it's all those choices. You'll begin to see them even more. And I'm seeing them even more. Those choices of do I do my will or do I do his? It's those little daily choices. Daily, it could be driving and you feel like speeding and you speed most of the time. But you see God saying right now, don't. And your mind can be like, I want to keep speeding because I got to go. But you'll be more um, sensitive in your spirit to when God is putting before you the choice of his will or yours. And he's going to love you no matter what you choose. But it's always better to choose his will because it ends up for good it really does it ends up for good every time so god bless you all any questions before we go or pastors anything that this is
1: sister lisa this is so rich it's so beautiful um i think if if all of us are honest with ourselves the challenge of taking me out of it and taking i out of it uh that's that's going to be some work right because anytime we go to prayer we start with god but there's always god me right god i god and and even in everything we do so yeah. being worshipers now and just putting that thing vertical and just saying god it's all you and then speaking to him that's going to be a learning curve i think it's amen. great I think. amen yeah. amen to that thank I'm telling you, you so stupid much stupid yeah. Thank you. yeah thank you yeah thank you so much appreciate you. you may god continue to bless you all hey let's put this into practice right your kingdom come you're and then, Lord, the help me to think differently, renew my mind. That's the thing. And give God that minute where it's just him. Know me, no I, know myself, just him. And speak vertically to God. Amen. Any questions Amen. before we wrap up? Anybody who may have anything they want to share? You guys are doing all right? Let me see a thumbs up if you're doing okay. Yeah. Good, 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 good. This is good. This is rich. This is good. Okay. I'm going to pray our time. And, Elise, thank you. Such a blessing. God, we thank you for you. You are just awesome. You're doing a phenomenal work in our lives, God. Um, We're being transformed by the renewing of our our minds. And the whole purpose is so your kingdom can come and your will be done. So God, change me, change us, change what you're doing. You're doing something new in Restoration Christian Fellowship. Like you said in Isaiah, behold, I am doing a new thing. And so God, teach us to discipline ourselves, to give you what you want, not what our will desires. So yeah. we submit this to you. We repent, meaning we're going to think differently. And we give this to you. Thank you for this time. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, all bless you all. Love you. Bless you.
1: Love you too. We'll see you all next week. Thank you, guys. Bless Amen. you all. All right. Bless you. Bless you. Yeah, blessing.